Welcome to Shine Central Coast. I'm Chris Goetz. I'm Sue Bradley, and we also have Sil Marie behind the camera. We can't wait to introduce you to our incredible shiners. Each episode, we share a story of a unique individual on the Central Coast. We dive into how they got to the coast and how they bring more beauty into our incredible community. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shine Central Coast. Lean back and see you soon. Hi and welcome to Shine Central Coast. Today we're sitting with Dan Widdison, he's a local here on the Central Coast. I'm not sure how long you've been a local. Oh, how long have I been a local? Uh, I moved to the coast in 2002. Hmm. Now what made you move up to the Central Coast or down or wherever you came My from? My wife. Ah. <laughs> I was born in Canberra, I grew up in Melbourne in Canberra, moved to Sydney when I was 18. Um, Met my wife, we got engaged, she grew up on the coast and she's like, I don't want to live anywhere else except the coast. Fair enough. And I was like, oh, that's fine. Yes. Yeah. Let's move to the coast. Had you been to the coast before that? Um, I had visited, yeah, I'd been once for a holiday and then once to meet her mm-hmm. and then obviously dating yeah, yeah. came up and back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's a COVID girl. Ooh. And she's a bit of a local though. She's been oh, quite a... Yeah, since she was uh, four or three, or maybe younger. Okay. Yeah, my whole life. And so talk a bit about your childhood. Did you really, you know, where did you grow up? What were experiences? What were some really memorable experiences of your childhood? Oh, as a lad? Mm. I don't know. We moved around. We moved a lot. So like I said, Canberra and Melbourne. So I was born in Canberra. I did... Kindy in Melbourne, did year one and two in Canberra, did year three, four, and five in Melbourne, and then I did all high school in Canberra. Were you born in Canberra Hospital? Yeah, the one that imploded. I was too. Oh, really? I was born in that. I was born in Canberra Hospital too. Great. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was really disappointed that they blew up the hospital yeah. that morning. Yeah, that was really oh, sad. The mess on was born. So that, yeah, that's my that's my. What year? Eighty. Eighty. Seventy-two. Seventy-two. Oh, okay. Yeah, you beat me by a bit. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess um, I always liked my sport growing up. I also liked kind of theatre and acting and that kind of stuff. Pretty social. Loved being around my mates. And, and so, so I guess yeah, there's no kind of major, probably no major life-changing events in my life <laughs> until I was an adult. Uh, but when I turned 18, I knew that I wanted to um, to act. So what was it that got you into acting? Was there, did some friend drag you into an acting class or was it something that you uh, naturally gravitated to? It was, well, I always liked it a little bit. I always did like it a little bit. Um, but I was probably in high school, I was probably more into my sport. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was really trying to make the, the first 15 rugby team. And then uh, a teacher said, oh, have you tried the rocker step fit? I'm like, oh, what's the rocker step fit? He said, oh, it's a, it's a dancing competition. I was like, oh, I'm not here to go to a dancing competition. And she said, said well, just try it. Just, just see if you like it. I said, all right, I'll give it a go. And I, um, they were doing Macbeth. And uh, I like Beth, dance. Macbeth in eight minutes of dance. Ooh. That's basically what, what they were trying to pull It was yeah. pretty cool. And um, anyway, in my costume, was like this um, like black tights, <laughs> this little tunic that went over yeah. the top. I thought this is 
horrible. This is so bad. Uh, but I really liked it. And then I remember when we finally performed, um, it was at Canberra Theatre. It was a big theatre. And the lights came on and the audience went nuts and we're like, we're doing our moves. I thought, oh, this is actually this is actually pretty cool. So then by year 10 onwards, I was right into it. And then year 10, I did Rock Stepford again. And this was such a horrible moment. I loved the Rock Stepford. It was great. Um, but I had to wear um, blue satin pants and this little frilly neck yeah, thing. Yeah. It was Prince Charming. <laughs> so I thought this costume sucks so much. Um, but then they asked us to perform half time at a Canberra Raiders game. Yeah. And I was thinking, this is where my world should not collide. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm on the field with like people who I love and admire, Laurie Daly, Bradley Clyde, Ricky yeah, Stewart, yeah. Mal Meninga. I'm thinking, they're, they're all there. They're all there. Oh, my gosh. And, and I come out. <laughs> I do my dance moves. It was horrible. But, but anyway, yeah, but, yeah, I, yeah. but I pursued, by year 11 onwards, I, I pursued drama much more so yeah. than, than sport. And, um, and by 18... Um, remember Fox Studios was a theme park for a little while? Maybe, yeah. I had a very small run, I think, for a couple of years. Mm. Anyway, I saw auditions for that first year out of school yeah. and I was, I was like, yeah, I'm going. Yeah. See mum and dad. <laughs> I'm going to move to Sydney to be an actor. Wow. <laughs> yeah. A Paris nightmare. No, yeah. yeah, they were very good. Yeah. They were very good. Mum and dad yeah. were really supportive of, you know, of a career that could potentially never take off. That's so, well, that's what parents, you know, it's about letting go and allowing your children just to explore, have fun and yes. follow passion. Yes, so, which they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's amazing. And propped me up several times yeah. on those low moments because yeah. it is a career where it's yeah, like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so. yeah. so you, in, what was your first gig then? So Foxtel, Fox Studios. Fox Studios. Yeah, Fox so, yeah, Studios. so it just basically worked like full-time um, theme park yeah, yeah, actor. Yeah, yeah so wow. I was... I was on the Titanic. Your, yeah, so I, on the Titanic. On the Titanic, yeah. So, not the real one. Not the real one. <laughs> so Fox recreated, basically their idea of their, they didn't like calling it a theme park, they called it a, a backlot tour. Yeah. And their idea was to recreate film sets and scenes from movies and people would come in and yeah. watch what that was like. So the Titanic, the, the ride, the experience was mm. really cool. They, they rebuilt full sections of the Titanic and... Um, and the scene that I was in, I'd get people um, up into the ship, we'd go into the, the common room where they, they'd have a stand-up comic, we'd give this two-minute blurb about, you know, this is first class, this is third class, and this is who you are. But then the, the room we are in was, was like, a, like a fake earthquake yeah. room. And so then halfway through it just starts shaking, shaking, yeah, yeah. shaking. The back wall splits open. Water pours oh, in. Full on water, like water. yeah, yeah, and you, you've got to get people out. So it was really fun. But yeah. we did that. Oh no, like maybe <laughs> thirty times a day, just I don't know, which I which I enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're looking for someone to to be the face of Fox for the you know for their their advert. And I auditioned and I got the role. I thought this is great. And um and, I, and I, that was that was really fun because I was still only eighteen and I don't know you like. The yeah, was played at cinemas and stuff, and it's just like, oh, that's yeah. so cool. See myself on the yeah, cinema was really fun. <laughs> and then, um, and then I suppose my 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 break would have been there were two um, two girls who were hosting a kids show called Saturday Disney at the time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Craft, no that was the next. Well, they saw the ad on TV, yeah. and they'd been auditioning guys and hadn't meshed with anyone they auditioned with. And so, like, this is the stuff that doesn't happen. Mm. They turned up to Fox Studios just and said, "As paying." Yeah. 
I'm like, where's the guy? Where's the guy who's on the ad? Who's the guy who's on the ad? And I might not have even been working, yeah, that, but yeah, I was. Yeah. And so someone came into the the green room. I was just like, I was like eating a peanut butter sandwich or something. <laughs> like, are the girls from Disney here to see you? And I was like, no, they're not. And I kept eating my sandwich. They came back in later. Like, dude, they're waiting for you. Go. To, I was like, oh, are you serious? And I went out, and like, I knew their faces. I was like, oh, hey, how are you guys going? They said, oh, good. We're just we're wondering if you'd like to audition to work with us. And I was like, yep. <laughs> And then I auditioned next week, and then the following week I found out I got it. And then oh, I, my gosh. Yeah, and then it was like seven years full-time at Channel 7, yeah, yeah. you know, working for one of the highest-rating kid shows. Yeah, I remember it. It's unbelievable. I remember watching it. was it. so fun, yeah. yeah. James Sherry was the dude I used to watch. Wow. And Janine. So what was the coolest thing about that in your whole seven years? What, oh. You know, travel, um, experience, meeting people. Like, who, like, I couldn't imagine. It was all, it was all cool. It was, it was it was unbelievable. So Disney. Yeah. So we would we would often we would often fly to different places in the world to mm. cover stories. The opening of Hong Kong Disneyland, the opening of Disney um, California Adventure, um, Disney World. Just because nothing was happening, so like I would just go to Disney World and do some stuff yeah. over there. Um, and then because Disney had deals with 20th Century Fox, they'd be like, oh, we need someone to come to London and cover the opening of Garfield, so they'd fly us over that. Wow. Red carpets, wow. just the whole thing. Yeah. And, and like, basically, the best part was you could interview almost, almost anyone you wanted. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be like, oh, we'd love to chat to that guy from that movie. And, and they'd be like, okay, line it up. And so you'd get on the phone. So you had a bit of... <laughs> you'd segment produce your own stuff, which was yeah. great. You'd write your own your own segments. So each presenter had um, about three and a half to four and a half minutes each mm -hmm. week that they could produce, wow. which was unbelievable. Wow. And then after seven, it was really tough leaving. Yeah. Was I, that on your own? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. But after seven years, um, it was so good. But we'd recently had Connor, my son, mm -hmm. our first child. I was like, oh, as much as I love this commuting from the coast to Sydney every day and then being away for work and then some of my friends I'd seen um, their relationships in marriages kind of break down from, from being away so much. I thought, oh, this has been an awesome run. I, I think it's time yeah. I just went out and said thanks for the yeah. ride. Good experience. Great it was experience. fun. It was so fun. How did you keep grounded through all that? Because when you're introduced to a world like that, it can really take you. It's just consuming. Yes. So how did, how did you keep Well, so sort of grounded to reality around? Yeah. Being on, a, being on a kid's show, I think, is like, it's like, uh, pretend fame. <laughs> it's like you're not really famous because the only people who really know you are kids. <laughs> And kids are brutally honest <laughs> all the time. Yeah, yeah. So it's not hard to stay yeah, yeah. grounded, you know what yeah. I mean? Like you, I could go to the shops, do whatever. No adult, no adult would know I was. or some yeah, dude. Yeah, that's right. And kids would come out and feel like they know you. And they'd be like, oh, Dan, Dan, my rabbit died yesterday. And you're like, yeah, oh, that yeah, sucks. Yeah. Sorry, man. Sorry about your rabbit. But they, they are so, they're so honest. Like um, they'd come up and they'd say, oh, you did that, you did that. Um, you did that snow adventure where you found the snowman. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, I hated that. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. good on you, buddy. <laughs> thanks, for the, thanks for the feedback. <laughs> but kids are, yeah, it's not like, it's not like, 
And I'd, I'd say that because when we'd get new presenters on, because we went, I, I went through, because I, I was there for seven years, went through a few presenters coming in and out. Um, like I'd say that started. So this is like a this is like like a nice little entry level of famous, but not really famous because you do, you know you'd go to the red carpet events mm. and 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 the big parties and stuff, and and no one would know. Yeah, yeah. No, one so it was sort of a nice way yeah. of being it because you weren't. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, everyone's just crowds around. You could just sort of enjoy the whole experience. I remember turning, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I turned out to my, embarrassing, my first ever Logies, right? Yeah. And, um, and you get out of the limo and all the cameras are, like, taking photos of people and stuff. And I thought, oh, this is great. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're like, got out. I'm like, no. Everyone <laughs> walking past. They're taking photos of that person. They're getting interviews of that. And I was like standing there, and I remember Shell saying, take, take as long as you can walking down the red carpet because you want to get as many yeah. interviews as possible. <laughs> so I'm just like slowly walking down. <laughs> like, no one wants to talk to me. And then the camera, and then the camera goes, like, excuse me, because you get out of the way, we're trying to get a shot. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, Karen. And then I trip over the camera cord, and this is, this is how unknown I was. I trip over, yeah. land on my face yeah. on the red carpet, oh. But, Did you keep the paper? But that that wasn't even worthy of someone oh, taking a photo. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I'm really a nobody. <laughs> That's totally fine. And someone said, hey, dude. No, no, I just, I just went in and yeah. got my free champagne and went to sleep. But it was nice. It was yeah, nice. Okay. You know, to kind of to be amongst it but not really be, yeah. you know, in it. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Would, did it prepare you to be a family person? Like, Knowing all the kids' stuff and role playing, you're really good at that kind of stuff. And just I'm saying with your kids, you know, yeah. there was something you did with Hallie, oh, maybe a year or two ago with the Star Wars. Yeah, you know, he's such a big kid. I think was that something that I guess so. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. I, I guess it. I guess it did. I find I can um, relate to kids pretty well. And actually, yeah, I guess. I guess if I'm at um, like a family barbecue or a function or whatever, yeah, I'll probably end up jumping on the trampoline with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> the adults are doing something. Oh, no, I guess so. I, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I, kids are more fun, aren't they? They just, you know, like if you if you're at a if you're at a a, a barbecue or a, a party or whatever, and you can sit around. You know the lounge room, talking about life stuff, where you can yeah. roll a tire down the hill. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> That's more fun. So I love talking about interior design, but I'm, I'm going to go yeah, yeah, throw the football with these guys. So, so in extreme though, mm. so you know you're a friendly, fun guy, but you can play some real mean stuff. Yeah. How do you tap in? Like, yeah, what's your recent? You've done some recent yeah, it's, stuff where you've had to tap into a real. Do you know what? It's a darker side. It's been the last three years, and I, I said to my agent recently, "I'm like, why am I always getting cast as the villain?" Mm. And and her response, which was great, she's mm. very good. She's like, "Well, you want to get work, yeah, and you land these roles, so they're the ones that we're putting you forward yeah, yeah. for more." Yeah. She also said, "Because you're bald and you have a beard and tattoos." <laughs> I was like, oh, "Okay." The stereotype. The stereotype. <laughs> so in the last three years, my goodness. Um, okay, in the last three years, I played a role uh, where I hijacked a plane, um, where uh, I was a, a prisoner. I broke out of prison. Um, I got seduced by 
a woman who asked me to kill her ex, and I did. I shot him six times in the chest. Um, then I played a dude who was um, a drug addict. Um, he went into a drug den, found a, a prostitute there, convinced her to go steal some stuff from her ex-partner's mum, who we then killed and burned. Wow, that's pretty <laughs> Yeah, and then and just recently, this was really nice, um, s still a jerk, <laughs> but I got to play a guy who was kind of friendly to begin with, um, but he was in a lot of pain and he, he got some drug medication and then the real him came out and he was a bit of a douche. Yeah. But I liked that because he, he, yeah. he was a little bit nicer. So how do you do the research for that kind of role play? That's... Um, well, I don't... Well, it's just well written, so when you read it, you can really. Yeah, I, I kind of throw myself. I kind of just throw myself into. Okay, so I, I studied um, method acting for a short while, not for a long period of time. And I found that um, it really messed with my mental health. So, like, I openly acknowledge, you know, depression and anxiety are part, they're part of my life. It's just like, we just. We do life together. That's yeah. it's how it works. Yeah. And um, doing doing some method acting, I was uh, we were looking to really aggressive characters, mm -hmm. and um, they were pushing me to yell and revisit stuff and whatever. Doing class in the safety of class, mm -hmm. and so I don't think I, I don't think in my life I had ever mm -hmm. really yes. let it out. And so I did in class, mm -hmm. but then I found I was engaged. So Lee and I were engaged at the time. And I found at home we'd have some disagreements, mm. and I would mm. I would yell. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Boy, like where did where that come from?" I don't want to be yeah, that yeah, guy, yeah. but I, but I was becoming the guy. And a number of times it happened, yeah. and I, and I just remember freaking out, going, "This isn't who I want to be." Mm. But if I keep doing this, it'll happen. So yeah. I put myself into a psychologist, and sat down, and just saying, "Look, this this is what's going on in my yeah. life. I hate it. I don't know yeah. what's going on." Um, and so, yeah, eventually I just learned that when I play characters, um, yes, if I go method, I could probably play it much better. Mm -hmm. But for the longevity of my health and my family and friendships and even the longevity of my acting career, um, I'm, I'm not going to go method. So explain to me method. What I, for me, I don't know what that kind so, of so, so, um, so method, if, so if, we, if, if we're playing a scene and... and for whatever reason, I've, I've got to get super angry at you, right? Yeah. So for me, I, I would spend time in my head thinking of um, times and people and places that really got to me. I'll, I would let those emotions mm. surge in me and then I would project that onto you and then we play the scene yeah, yeah. and I'm just reliving stuff yeah, and, yeah. Get, and getting intense at you. Mm. Um, the danger for that for me, not for all people, but for me, is then I, I might really dislike you afterwards. <laughs> I think you love it, and so now I just I just kind of throw myself into the same. Yeah, I'll research the character. What's he doing? Okay, oh, he, he's really really angry. He's really losing it. Um, so I just pretend. So yeah. in the scene, I just pretend to lose it at you and, and do all that. And then as soon as someone calls cut, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that was really fun. That was really good. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which I prefer. Yeah, yeah. And and I think I think my performance is still good enough to get work because I am getting work, but I just I avoid. Mm, I avoid that. Yeah. It's just not good. It's just for me, yeah. um, I live life better when I don't dive into that space. Mm -hmm. yeah. So 
also you've done some study around Shakespeare. Yes. So I hear that you did Macbeth, Macbeth early days. Yes. Had, did it stem from back then or was there a different entry to Because you've really delved into some Shakespeare. Maybe it did. Maybe. I don't know where that all came from. Uh, maybe it was doing Macbeth in year nine. I wasn't, I wasn't a big reader um, until after school, which I regret because I love reading now and I wish at school I had. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't a big reader, uh, wasn't very good at English either. So I was in the, I was in the second English class, um, but they only did Shakespeare in, in the top English class. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, I, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I just liked the characters. I liked the stories. Um, the language is still something that I can't just pick up a script and understand yeah. everything. I've got to think about it. Oh, oh, I see. I think that's what they mean. Mm-hmm. So it takes me a while to go mm-hmm. through it. But it's so um, juicy and, and, and deep and, and fun, yeah. you know, the storyline. So, uh, yes, I've always kind of um, enjoyed it. And then I, you know, just, just locally directed a few um, Shakespearean pieces. And then, yeah, then I, then I wanted to study it. Um, and so I studied King Henry V, which was awesome. It was so good. And then just really exploring all, all the characters and then I, I was trying to, as best I could, um, present, it, present it in a way um, that wouldn't modernise the play but perhaps look at it through like a 21st century mm-hmm. lens. Yeah. And so there's, there's things that, like Henry's supposed to be the hero. He's supposed to be the hero, like yeah. king of England. Um, was he a good king or was he a... He's in the text. He's presented as the hero, as a good king. That's what he's presented as. But you read it today and you're like, well, he's declaring he's declaring war on France. Yeah, yeah. He, he's the one jumping into that. Yeah, rightfully, he's got some reasons why he could. He's got some reasons why he couldn't as well. So he is starting a war. And then the thing I struggled with most is in in the um, negotiations going back and forth. He's like, "Oh yeah, and I want I want Catherine to the King of France. I want Catherine, your daughter, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. as my wife. Mm-hmm. Like she's my capital demand. Like if he wins the war, or if, uh, if she was she was offered earlier if we backed off, okay. but he he kept fighting through the mm-hmm. court, and and then he's like he meets with the king face to face. Like I, I want your daughter." And then there's what's supposed to be a beautiful and comedic wooing scene where he woos her, but he doesn't because she's the capital of the man. She's going to be his anyway. So when I presented it, we we altered the text. We removed lines where she was mentioned as a capital demand and we kind of played it like that wooing scene was like the war has happened Mm -hmm. But there is never going to be peace unless England and France get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we, we played that scene where she had power to say yes or no. And that was that was fun. Wow. Kind of going, okay, like Henry does love her. Yeah, yeah. He wants to partner with her, even for the future of our nations, let's do yeah, this. Yeah. But she could say no and yeah. walk away. Wow. But she chooses, no, let's do this. So that was really fun. Because mm. he's not much of a hero. Yeah. Really? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Give me your daughter. Well, we don't know what's real in text <laughs> yeah. and history. Yeah. It's always the victor that writes the history. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And the French, all through the play, mm. are made out to be idiots. 
right? So if you're French and you're reading the play, you're like, whoa, yeah. who the heck is William Shakespeare? Yeah. What a douche. <laughs> like, we look so stupid here, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Could you remember the lines? Like, Shakespeare's pretty out there. Like, like the language is so different to today. It Could is. you convert it into... No, we no, we show it as is. How, how but, do you remember like, like what is your? I think once you get once you get your head around it mm-hmm. and you do it so much, mm-hmm. like over and over and over and over, it just becomes. It's just in there. Like you just know. So, is there a favorite line in? The, mm-hmm. I'm not being honest by here. Is there a favorite line yeah. in King Henry? Because I do, I do remember studying it, and I did love Shakespeare. It's very funny. Okay, so at this one point, yeah. Henry's absolutely buried. Like they've been fighting. His men are dying of dysentery. They're tired. They're bloody. And uh, and Montjoy, this this perky little herald yeah. from the French, comes up to Henry and he's like, "Oh, you are you are very silly. If you think you're going to come through and do all this, just back off now, and it's all good." And Henry has this line. He says, "We would not seek a battle as we are." But as we are, we'll not shun it. And I'm like, oh, that's good. Wow. Like, We're not looking for a fight, but you know what? We're not going to back off if you, if you come on. Wow. I thought that's pretty cool. This language back then is quite powerful, like the way they, I'm so reversed, and Keats and the poets and Shakespeare, yeah, right. they put more, um, I think our language has changed so much today mm. when you listen to our kids talk. Yes. Yeah. Like for me, it's even that generational has changed. But to hear the language back then, it had meaning or story. Yeah. I don't know. It's just something. Jane Austen's use of the word amiable all the time is so good. Such a good, very amiable. <laughs> amiable. How do we say it now? We don't oh, well, I, I don't know if people say it. But, yeah, like, language, is, language is great. Mm. You know, the use of words is so good and mm. powerful and, and strong in every situation. Connor hates it. Because and it, like, <laughs> not that I'm grammatically correct. Mm-hmm. I get stuff wrong all the time, but I like to think about what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And you know, he, you know, just you. I'm, I'm that annoying dad where he goes, "I'm starving." I'm like, "Well, no, but you're yeah. not starving. You're hungry." There's a difference. Like, dad, shut up. <laughs> or I say, "Are you hungry?" Like your name, you're calling yourself hungry. I'm hungry. Like, yeah, yeah, that's like, right. That's right. I sort of caught you. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> hungry. I'm going off. Yeah, I get stupid so that. So when you um, have a moment, you're on stage yep. and you forget a line, what do you do there? What What is your um, tap? You just improvise and just flow and then just... Everyone handles it differently. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 this is what I do and, I, and I, if I'm directing, I'll tell my actors. I'm like, you just need to know the storyline. So, so know you're in and know you're out for your monologue, yeah. for your scene. Because if you know where it's going, mm. even if you drop a line, you just have to get to your out. Yeah. Okay, where, where was I going? Yeah. You know, it's not ideal. Ideally, you want to mm. do it perfectly. Yeah, yeah. But, but if you know, okay, I'm coming on stage at this point, mm. and this is why I'm here, and this is where I'm going, and this is my out. Mm. Ideally, you do all your lines perfectly. Yeah. If you drop a line, I just revert to, okay, where was my out? Why was I going yeah, here? Yeah. And then just make something up to, yeah, yeah. to get through um, you're a writer too. Yes. And the one that I know, because I've seen it, is Worm Farming. Yes. I want to know how that came about, what inspired you to write that. Okay, yeah. Worm Farming. Worm Farming is extremely controversial. Mm-hmm. 
but it has done really well, which I'm thankful for. Um, so worm farming is about Australia's response to the global refugee crisis. And I, I wanted to, sometimes I just feel like I want to um, contribute to a conversation. You know, something may just going on in the world and like I, I want to I want to contribute and I, and I want to do more than just a Facebook post or you know I want to mm-hmm. say something and so I, I felt compelled to write excuse me I bet, to write <laughs> to write a piece um, about the and most of the um, the topics that I dive into I don't write pieces that have answers because mm-hmm. nobody likes that nobody likes this is my opinion read it. I just like to explore topics that start conversations because I think if we have good, healthy conversations, solutions can be found. So um, I was exploring the refugee crisis and I was writing something, I was writing a drama, I was writing a really intense drama and, and I kept going back to it and I was saying to my wife later, I'm like, this, this sucks. Like, I, I don't think I'm a writer anymore. This is really bad. It's just not working. And she said to me, well, why don't you stick to your strengths. I'm like, well, what, what's, what do you mean? What's my strength? She goes, well, comedy. Comedy is your strength. I'm like, how do I write a comedy about the refugee crisis? She's like, oh, let me figure it out. That's <laughs> <laughs> your strength. <laughs> so I wrote something really, da- like it's, it's, it's black humour at its darkest. But, you know, it's satire as well. So you get away with having characters that say and do things that are incredibly inappropriate. Mm for the purpose of stimulating conversation. So I went there. I created this um, this lovable slash unlovable family mm. who want to take in a Syrian refugee, or the mother does, and then the rest of the family are just trying to get their heads around the situation. Bogan, yeah. Aussies. Yeah. Their neighbours are involved and unwanted boyfriends pop by and unwanted girlfriends pop by, and then someone from the Refugee Services of Australia comes to assess the place is, is this a suitable place to you know to take in um, a refugee and things go really <laughs> really bad bad things happen to a lot of people and at the end of the play the family makes their own personal resolve which is pretty bad <laughs> and you're gonna have to see it you're gonna have to see it <laughs> in my defense julian burnside um endorsed the play he read it and, and he said, this is actually a fantastic play that stimulates the correct conversation. Yeah, yeah. But I did have some, um, a, a couple of very conservative viewers yeah, who wrote in, mm-hmm. saying, how dare you, how could you, yada, 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 yada. And to which I wrote back, I understand. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. Yeah. I get why you're upset. Yes, you, you, are, you can justly be concerned. Because it's the, it's the right space, though, I think so. to do it because you're creating, you know, you're never going to ha- make anyone happy no. like, with whatever story perspective that you're going to show. Yeah. It's really good because I think we're all so cautious of conversation these days yes. around tricky topics. But for artists and creatives to be able to do that can really encourage conversation. Yeah. And the joy is you can create characters that have opposing views yes. in the one piece. Yes. So you have this person who says something like, oh, my goodness, how could you yeah. say that? But then you have this other character that, that says that. Yeah. Well, how can yeah. you say that? Because, oh, I don't know, I'm just thinking about, well, you shouldn't. So, so the people in the audience are taking sides. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Like, 
they relate, oh, oh my gosh, I am that. And they might actually see what they're like in real life. Like, yes. Oh, say that. And yes. then seeing how it impacts on other people. That's right. So it's a really yeah. clever. But anyway, it was a one-act play and I'm, I'm currently reworking it to make it two acts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So what's the future for Dan? What, what are you, what's your plans now? Um, you mentioned Salt House as well. Oh, yeah. So Salt you House. Well, Salt, so Salt House was established as Salt House Theatre Company in 2016. We recently changed it to Salt House Creative because it's more than just theatre. Um, I, I just wanted to create. You know what? And I'm a big fan of all the different theatre groups on the coast. Um, salt is not competitive at all. You know, I, I often, if people can't make it to a time slot for a drum class, I'll, I'll recommend Mad Cow or say get involved in GMS or say check out Endless Nights or... Um, you know, go up to Jabuka. They're all they're all great, doing great things. Um, but I just wanted to create a space, and particularly because of my own um, mental health journey, where we explore drama and theatre and film, but always put uh, people first. And I'm not saying other groups don't do that, but there is that common phrase: the show must go on. The show must go on. We need to deal with it, the show must go on. Whereas Salt's not like that. I almost stopped the show at intermission one time. Because um, fairly, because an actor broke his rib backstage, and I said, "Dude, like, let's just call the show." He's like, "Oh, you can't do that. You can't do that." Yeah, like, yeah. We can do that. Yeah. Like, there'll be a bit of admin, whatever, but your health is more important <laughs> yeah, than yeah. all this. Yeah. Um, and he's like, "No, no, I want to go on. I want to go on. I want to go on." I said, "Okay, I want to go on." We'll do it. But I just wanted that space to be, yeah. you know, and um, and so we we um, sort of teachers um, classes to younger people. But we have a, like a professional branch as well where I'll, I'll get paid actors to tour shows or um, create films and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And, and also, even on a film set where actors are going method and really deep, mm -hmm. you know, not going, okay, look, look at the time, we've got, to, we've got to move on, just kind of go, okay, cool, you just played that scene, are you right? I'll take a moment, do what you need. Just caring for people in that, in that space. And recently you were, did you write, and um, what was it, unequivocal? Equivocal redemption. Yeah, equivocal. Unequivocal? Equivocal. 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 I, why do I want to say unequivocal? Because, because we normally say unequivocal, unequivocal evidence. <laughs> but then it's, so it's not unequivocal. It's did you write that? I did. And that has toured, that's it's, had some awards? It's done really well, yeah. So, um, so we released it for a very short period of time online just to get some feedback. Feedback was really good. Then we did the um, the film festival circuit around the world. The response has been really positive, which is great. I appreciate that. Um, it's currently um, in the running for online drama in the uh, Actor Awards, which would be great if something happens there. If not, that's still cool. Um, and that was all. The, that was all pretty much the first half, or probably not the first half. First uh, two thirds of the film that was released. And we've recently shot the, the final act, which we're going to stitch together on the front part and then look for a platform to mm. release it. So what are you thinking? What, like, how it gets released? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's, see, that stuff's out of my control. Okay. Like, I, I don't know. Well, you the... uh, so come November, whatever awards it's received, mm. we'll just put together a press kit saying, hey, these are the awards, here's the film in its entirety, mm -hmm. and then we just send that off to, to streaming platforms and yeah. say, do, do you want to purchase it? Yeah. Ideally, someone says yes, and it's released. If they say no, I'll put it on my iTunes, which is still good. Which is still a good, you know, it's still a good result. Yeah, yeah. So getting back to my question before, mm. is what is the future for Dan? 
What's the future? Oh, yeah. Man, if 2020 has taught me anything, it's the future is unpredictable. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, have lots, I have lots of projects going on. Um, I need to complete, I've just received funding to complete Worm Farming as a two-act um, production, which would be great. Um, uh, need to see what happens with Equivocal Redemption when it comes out. i uh, recently written a one-act play called Synchronicity, which is for, uh, mostly for a junior cast. There's one adult role. Um, so we're going to we're going to put on a production of that at the end of this year, just in just in this kind of smaller space to get some feedback, see how that works. Um, and aside from that, I just take um, take whatever acting roles my agent manages to throw my way, <laughs> which is great. Um, we always ask our show guests one mm. question, mm. which is common: is what? How would you like the Central Coast to? How do you see the Central Coast in its current? See, and what would you like to see in the Central Coast different? Oh, what would I like to see different? Oh, goodness. Well, I am a huge fan of community on the coast. I think um, my experience, everyone has different experiences, I know, but my experience of the coast is that um, it's welcoming and it's friendly and you wave to people, particularly in, in my street, you wave to people as you see them and it's a lot of community focus, mm. which I love. Uh, what would I like to see change? It's probably more nationwide, but I guess that does hit the coast as well. Um, oh, actually, no, I, I don't know. I think the coast is very good. I, I was going to mention um, a stronger focus on the arts, but the, the coast is very good at focusing on the arts. We have you know, sculptors on the beach, you have, you have galleries, you have theatres, so... Um, I, 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 um, I don't want it to change. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> nothing to change at the moment. You are. I think a few people are finding how beautiful it is up here. It has grown. I mean, you've lived here quite a while now. Yeah. So the change has changed a lot. There's a lot more uh, influences of small cultural people, I suppose, like from yeah. Sydney, businesses, yeah. small businesses, different diversity of communities. It's, it's a beautiful space here. It is a beautiful space. One last question. Mm. What would you say to any youth who are in the creative industry and want to see that as their future? Any tips on, yeah, how would they approach it all, or even if they think of getting into acting as a... So I think I would have two tips. Mm -hmm. Um, One would be that if you really want to pursue it, um, pursue it relentlessly because you will have, highs where you're on top of the world and everything's falling into place and you have lows where it's like this is just not going to work so if you really want to do it pursue it relentlessly like just push 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 Um, my other tip is to have as many tools in your tool belt as you can that will make you employable so if i just relied on acting i would be out of work a lot of the time if i just relied on directing i'd be out of work if i just relied on writing but because over time I've, I've tried to work on skills where, where I'll act or I'll write or I'll direct or I'll edit, that's, that's probably the only reason why I've been able to be working in this space full-time for so long mm-hmm. because in the, in, the, in the quiet acting periods I'll pick up some editing and in the quiet editing periods I'll pick up some writing and in the quiet writing periods I'll get some acting. Mm-hmm. So do whatever you can in that space. Oh, thank you, Dan. Thank you. That's been such a fantastic conversation. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, so I appreciate that. I hope you all enjoyed. We'll see you next time.
Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. And if you really enjoyed listening to today's Shiner, please support and share and shine a brighter light on our community here on the Central Coast. We can't wait to welcome you back. See you very soon.